This morning we hear of Luke, in Luke, of John the Baptist and his voice crying out from the wilderness, prepare a way for the Lord, make his path straight. I wonder how John would fare in modern days. Would he be heard? From the third chapter of Matthew, we're given a clear description of him. John wore a garment of camel hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. He's not the type of man you would expect to be a prophet or a spokesman for the coming of Christ. His presentation in that day would be seen pretty much the same today. This is a homeless man wandering around shouting a bunch of nonsense. Why would anyone listen? But his voice was a warning to those in the darkness, to those in the wilderness. And yet, so many crowds gathered to hear him speak. Many heard that, the, that they soon would witness the salvation of man through Jesus Christ. And John baptized them with the water of the Jordan River. But again, I wonder, would we listen to John the Baptist today? Would we listen to a homeless man disheveled, with nodding hair, weathered skin, who's been sleeping outdoors for months about the coming of Christ and our eternal salvation? John's message is just as important now as it was in the time of Jesus. Today, unfortunately, more and more of our brothers, sisters, friends, neighbors, and yes, our children are turning away from this message and living in the wilderness. We don't want to hear about any warning signs and our need to depend on Jesus. We think we can do it all on our own. Our scripture often uses the metaphor of the wilderness as a place we need to be led out of. The wilderness is what Adam turned the world into with that one bite. It was once a paradise, but now the world is untamed, untamed in the wilderness, untamed in our towns, untamed in our cities. The entire world is untamed because of our sin. Have you ever been in the wilderness and not been aware or ignored the warning signs of danger? I have. Years ago, I agreed to go bow hunting for deer with my father-in-law, Dean. We drove out west of Denver to Meeker, Colorado. Dean was going to hunt for deer with just his bow and arrows, and I was riding along for the experience. Driving up to our hunting spot, we saw nothing but deer. Deer were everywhere, hundreds of them. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, look at all those deer. This is going to be easy. So the next day, Dean and I set out to a nearby canyon to settle into some bushes and wait for all the deer to pass by. After all, there were so many of them the day before. So I figured, we'll be done by noon. Well, as time ticked by, all we saw was open space. No deer. Hour after hour went by and nothing. No sign of any animals passing by. Nothing. So after about four or five hours, Dean whispered to me and we agreed that we both had had enough and we're going to head back to the camp. Only after taking a few steps 
Dean whispered to me again. He said, uh-oh, now I know. And I'm like, what? He then told me to slowly turn and look over my right shoulder and up on the ridge. My in instinct was to say, no, don't look. But I couldn't help myself, so I slowly looked back. And there it was, not more than 50 yards away. A mountain lion was resting on a boulder above us in the canyon. That mountain lion had been there all day. Comes to reason why there were no deer. And I thought we were going to be the hunters. I didn't imagine that I was the potential prey and there was another hunter in the wilderness. I was naive to the outdoors and the warning signs that something was wrong and I was not safe. But God was watching over us. I thought I was in control that day. But it was a rude awakening that in this world, without the protection of God, I'm not safe. Warning signs. We have them everywhere. This morning, we turned off the warning of the alarm system to enter our church. Driving on a country road, we see the signs that say, sharp curve ahead, slow down. It's been a, it's been a while since you serviced your car, so the check engine light comes on. The meter tells you that your blood sugar is too high or too low. We have warning signs all around us. And if we don't listen to them, we're conditioned to understand that something bad is going to happen. And it usually does. In our opening hymn this morning, we heard the first part announced to us, Hark, a thrilling voice is sounding. Christ is near. We hear it say, Cast away the works of darkness, all you children of the day. Startled at the solemn warning, let the earthbound soul arise. Do you hear John's warning? Listen, there is something thrilling to hear. It's not something warning of us of impending doom like most warnings, but rather warning us of the coming of Christ and his ultimate sacrifice. This warning is good news, not bad. Yes, his warning reminds us that we are sinners flawed in so many ways. You brood of vipers. But John's warning also shows us the way to live Christ-like lives. Produce fruits worthy of repentance. Share your clothing and your food. Don't cheat others out of money and be content with what you get paid. So how do we embrace this warning of good news? How do we absorb this message and change our hearts? Faith. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have faith in our hearts. Through faith, we truly hear God's word. Through faith, we understand that there's a better life to be lived than the one we're living right now. Through faith, we understand that there's a new king coming and a new kingdom to live in. Through faith, we understand that this king is merciful and he does not condemn us for our sins and our weaknesses, but that he is also the Lamb of God who bears our sins on the cross through faith, we understand that this king comes not only to forgive us, but to raise us up to newness of life. Through faith, we understand all this is a glad sound. 
as the most thrilling voice. My fellow sinners and believers in Jesus Christ, confess along with me today that God's ways are better than our ways. Confess with me that our lives leave much to be desired before God. And rejoice with me today at the glad news that Jesus has come into the world to grant sinners like us mercy and forgiveness and to lift us up to a living, a new and better life. The good news of a new life may sound preachy, it may sound irritating, but to the sinful heart, but to faith, the voice that urges us to new life in Christ is a glad sound. John's message is the same today as it was then. And it has three important parts to take home in our hearts today. Part one, you brood of vipers. John the Baptist reminded us of our sinful nature and he admonishes us. In Matthew's gospel, Matthew emphasized that John was especially making this accusation against the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But here in our text from Luke, the scripture shows us that John was also rebuking the entire crowd of people who came to him with a stinging accusation, you brood of vipers. And so this morning, John the Baptist aims that sharp accusation at each one of us as well. You brood of vipers, you children of snakes, and of that ancient snake, the devil. Why is this message so harsh? Why does he convict us so strongly? John was the messenger sent by God to prepare the people for the coming of Jesus Christ by leading them to repent of their sins and through repentance find forgiveness of their sins in Jesus Christ. Calling people to repentance is just what John is doing by this accusation. You brood of vipers. There is no path to true repentance that does not run through this recognition. Brood of vipers truly describes us all. The true repentance to which John the Baptist calls us is a repentance which looks on our own sins as horrifying and repulsive. A repentance which confesses, I am a poor miserable sinner. Repentant hearts look upon our sin with dread and willingly agree that we are indeed a brood of vipers. Part two, bear fruits in keeping with repentance. John warns that the true repentance and forgiveness is the only escape from the severe judgment that is soon to come. Don't think that a casual repentance that goes through the motions without a genuine sorrow and turning away from your sins will save you. Don't think that just because you're children of Abraham or Missouri Synod Lutherans, you are secure. The judgment is coming. The ax is already laid at the foot of the tree. Only through true repentance and forgiveness will sinners escape the wrath that's to come. Our own Lutheran confessions are very clear on this point. They declare that good fruit, good works of every kind in life should follow repentance. There can be no true con conversion or repentance where resistance of sinning occurs and good fruits do not follow. True faith is not ungrateful to God. Neither does true faith hate God's commandments. In a word, 
There is no true inner repentance unless it also produces outward, turning away from sinning. This is the Lutheran confessions declare is what John the Baptist means when he says, bear fruits worthy of repentance. It's also important to remember that John's message is described in our text as good news, not bad. Just as just a few verses after today's gospel, you can read, with many other exhortations, John preached good news to the people. And the good news is that whoever does repent of their sins finds forgiveness as a free gift of God, a free gift which does not depend on our own good works or good fruits, but rather depends on the perfect life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Part three. The eager question of the people, what then shall we do? For those who acknowledge their sins and receive the joy and power of God's forgiveness, John's words were not a threat, but rather a thrilling encouragement and a promise. Now you will bear fruits worthy of repentance. Among those coming out to John, there were many who repented and were baptized for their forgiveness of their sins. Their hearts, relieved and exuberant, begged John to tell them, what now? What shall we do now that we're forgiven? What shall we do now that God has graciously welcomed us into his kingdom? And John answered them, whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none, and whoever has food is to do likewise. Luke writes that even the tax collectors and soldiers were asking John, what shall we do? Luke seems amazed at this. Even tax collectors and soldiers, two occupations that are particularly known for dishonesty and harassment, even they were transformed by the thrilling news of the Messiah. They gladly asked the prophet of God what they could do to express their gratitude that was filling their hearts. What kind of things do they do that would be worthy of such a great and free forgiveness? John's answer to these questions was that good fruits of repentance and faith are changes in our daily lives. Show others the same kind of generous and merciful love that God has shown you. St. Paul often wrote in this way when he encouraged the saints in various cities. To the Colossians, Paul writes that he prays they may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work. To the Philippians, he writes, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. To the Ephesians, I therefore urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And to the Thessalonians, walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. By faith, we too desire to live lives worthy of our great Savior, worthy of the great salvation which has been proclaimed and given to us, not that our lives in themselves are worthy of the Lord. All Christians fall short, and that is why we live aware of the need for repentance, and that is why our confidence and trust must always be in Christ alone. This Advent, then, we listen again to the glad, thrilling message of John the Baptist. The Savior is near. 
The kingdom of God is near. Repent and live out your new life in Christ. Produce fruits worthy of repentance. Ask yourself today, what will I do? How will, I, how will Christ's forgiveness change my life, change my attitude, and change my ways? How will I be challenged and respond to what Christ has done for me? Let the Holy Spirit guide you out of the wilderness, reminding you of your sinful nature, bearing fruits in recognition of your forgiveness, and asking yourself, what can I do? Knowing that by God's grace and mercy, you will be led into the arms of Jesus and eternal life in paradise. Amen.